the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul. FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Republican presidential candidates reacting to the Alabama Supreme Court ruling on frozen embryos. In Alabama, several clinics paused in vitro fertilization services after the court ruled that frozen embryos can be considered children under state law. Former President Donald Trump said he would strongly support the availability of IVF for couples who are trying to have a baby. And he called on lawmakers in the state to act quickly to find an immediate solution. Nikki Haley said she does not endorse the Alabama ruling, but agreed that an embryo is an unborn baby. Greg Clugston, the White House. Authorities in Georgia investigating the murder of a nursing student in the town of Athens. Police say Jose Ibarra is in custody in connection with the murder. He is not a U.S. citizen and entered the U.S. illegally in 2022. This is SRN News. This week in the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt, brought to you in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Former President Donald Trump is indicted yet again. Senator Tom Cotton. I think it's another politicized prosecution that's more befitting of a third world banana republic than our great country. Join us for our program and sign up for our podcast at townhallreview.com. Every Saturday evening at 7 and Sunday nights at 11, here on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. How would you like to join Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Gallagher for a trip of a lifetime? It's the Patriots Alaska Cruise happening June 29th through July 6th. This summer, to book your trip, all you have to do is visit our website, am1280thepatriot.com. Make sure you click on the Patriots Alaska Cruise banner. Your Sunday forecast, tonight's low around 31 degrees, partly cloudy skies this evening. Tomorrow for your Monday, sunshine high of 61 with breezy wind conditions. You're listening to AM 1280 The Patriot. Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast we like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And if you'd like to follow us along on Facebook, just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And uh, give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And we do have the live stream of the broadcast up and running. And as always, we uh, thank you for tuning in. I started to talk a little 
uh, presidential politics at the end of last hour. So I do want to expand on that a little bit. Uh, you know, as we've been hearing hearing during the uh, SRN news during uh, the breaks, uh, that uh, the South Carolina primary took place yesterday, and uh, no surprise, uh, you had uh, Trump winning handily over Nikki Haley, despite the fact Nikki Haley was a, uh, I believe, a two-term governor of the state of South Carolina. Uh, doesn't matter. Uh, like I say, this seems to be the uh, uh, the Republican nomination seems to be Trump's to lose. But again, we have to kind of transition to general uh, election mode. And the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, while Trump has been doing fairly well head to head against Joe Biden, uh, the fact that he hasn't isn't completely wiping the floor with Joe Biden is an indictment on Trump. Because Biden's favorables have been in the crapper for two and a half years. I mean, again, I've said it before many times on the show. You go back to the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan in August of 2021. And up to that point, Joe Biden had been in office for about seven months. And he was enjoying decent approval ratings. And after that disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan... Biden's approval ratings went underwater, were consistently in the 40s. Now they've been in the upper 30s. Again, these are as low as Donald Trump's lowest lows. And again, I'm no Trump fanboy. You all know that. But Trump had a hostile media constantly against him. And for the first couple of years in office, the allegations, which turned out to be emphatically false, that Trump was a Russian agent that colluded with Russia to win the 2016 election, okay? Joe Biden has earned these awful approval ratings despite a media that's playing weekend at Bernie's trying to basically prop up a corpse. You know, he's earned these low approval ratings by poor performances while gaslighting the public. Ah, things aren't so bad. The economy is good. Hey, uh, uh, this bag of chips costs a lot more now, and these evil corporations are putting less food in these bags. So they're basically screwing you over. And then, of course, the ill-advised performance uh, when it was uh, when it came out that Joe Biden was not going to be charged in uh, mishandling classified information because the special uh, counsel basically labeled him as a well-meaning old man, just has a poor memory, and there's no reason to humiliate him on a, on a public stage, right? So... We're just going to turn a blind eye to this. And then for him to come out hours later after, his, you know, when it's past his bedtime to yell at the media and throw a fit and say, no, that's none of that is true. And then opening himself up to media scrutiny, you know, Mr. Biden, uh, you're, you know, how, why, why should you be the candidate to run here um, when these when someone is saying the quiet part out loud that you have a poor memory, you mentally can't handle this. Okay, and then he proceeds to yell at the press, which doesn't fill the country with a um, with a lot of confidence. So I say all that to say that this is the problem with both parties right now. Is that they just want the candidate for the red meat of their party, basically the candidate who throw them red meat. And in the case of Republicans, it's it's Donald Trump. And there's no discernible agenda that Trump is putting forth, at least in 2016, 
he had some sort of a agenda that he was trying to bring forth. And, of course, he was served by the advantage that, hey, there's a Supreme Court opening that's going to take place. And Republicans, you know, a lot of Republicans, myself included, hey, I'm raising my hand. I was not going to vote for Trump in 2016, but I ended up putting on a hazmat suit and voting for him because I felt the Supreme Court was that important. And with Antonin Scalia having passed away in early 2016, I said, okay, I'd rather have Donald Trump appoint Scalia's replacement than Hillary Clinton. You know, I kind of went with the Dennis Prager mode of thought. I, I, I don't know if Donald Trump will be an effective president or not, but I know darn well Hillary would be an abject disaster, particularly when it comes to the Supreme Court replacement. And when Trump or his campaign put out, hey, here's who with here's who I would uh, here's a list, a short list of who I would use to replace Antonin Scalia. Well, that was a big issue for Republicans. And you had a lot of pe- people like me, right of center politicos, who said, you know, what? I don't like Trump, but I'll put on a hazmat suit and, and cast a vote for him. And he ended up winning and put a, turns out put forth a great nominee in Neil Gorsuch and got the Democrats to hamstring themselves politically because the Democrats filibustered a perfectly mainstream nominee. I say all this to say that after serving four years, it's pretty obvious that Trump is going to have a difficult time winning in the general election. Now, you know, Dan from Hopkins brought up at the end of last segment, you know, he's a, he's a, a big Trump guy. He's one of those guys that likes the red meat that Trump throws the conservatives. And I, you know, Dan is entitled to his opinion. But the problem with people who like the red meat is that you need to shift into general election mode eventually, and you need to appeal to independence, which Trump has bled. We see it in special elections. Anyone with a stink of Trump is losing in a lot of these special elections in suburban districts, suburban congressional districts. Okay. Suburban congressional districts used to be fertile ground for Republicans, and now they're losing support in them. Why? The stink of Trump. So that's why I say if Trump is at the top of the ticket, he might win because Joe Biden is that bad. But guess what? The Republicans have a very razor thin majority in the U.S. House. And with Trump at the top of the ticket, that's probably going bye bye. All of a sudden, you have the Democrats taking over the House. And that's why I say from day one, if Trump were elected January 20th, 2025. Trump is a lame duck. Because nothing that on his agenda, whatever that is, he hasn't coherently uh, conveyed an agenda, is not getting through. Because the Democrats will have control of the House, and there's no way they're going to pass any Trump agenda. That's just a fact. And this is and this is with in mind that the Republicans have a good shot to take over the Senate. But once again, I can totally see them blowing it by putting in Trump-affiliated candidates against these vulnerable Democrats in, say, Montana or Ohio or Nevada or, in the case of Arizona, I get it, Kirsten Sinema is an independent, but she caucuses with the Democrats. There is a great opportunity for the Republicans to take the Senate. And here's another thing that is is concerning. After two years of a, of a second Trump term, the midterms, 2026 20, midterms, is going to be a bloodbath. It'll be a blue tsunami. The Democrats will probably increase their majority in the House, and they probably would take over the Senate. So that's why, you know, 
all of my personal grievances aside with Trump, that is the number one reason why I oppose him being the nominee. Again, there's not a lot I can do about it now. I, I think it's a fait accompli. He's going to be the nominee. But this is why I've opposed him every step of the way. is because he is going to be a lame duck day one. Any agenda items that he has that I might agree with aren't getting through in the Democratic Congress. That's just the reality of the situation here, folks. We can't deny reality. We can't deny basic math anymore. And uh, Philip Klein at the National Review wrote this in the aftermath of Trump's win in South Carolina yesterday. Uh, Donald Trump easily dispatched Nikki Haley in a South Carolina primary, and the exit polls provide a good example of why it's hard to sway voters on the basis of electability. Haley has been arguing to Republican voters that because she is younger and freer of baggage, she is much more electable than Trump. The numbers support her case, as on average, she does better against Joe Biden than Trump does. Normally, she performs a few points better. Every once in a while, there's a survey with her winning in a landslide, such as the recent Marquette one, showing her up 16 points over Biden and Trump only up two. In reality, however... Voters are not sophologists soberly analyzing polling data before making their decisions in a completely unbiased manner. Instead, if voters like somebody, they're likely to say that their candidate is the most electable. Sure enough, such was the case in South Carolina. While 50% or 57% of primary voters, according to exit polls, said that Haley would be very or somewhat likely to beat Biden, 83% said the same about Trump. So despite the fact that majority, the majority, the way our two-party system is set up, the majority of Americans, when when surveyed, do not want a Trump-Biden rematch. They just don't. And yet, because of the way the party system is set up, the the way we uh, nominate our candidates in each party, that seems to be exactly what we're going to get. So there, there's no more pragmatism anymore. It's just who is going to uh, be my candidate that is going to now. Now, in the case of Republicans, it's who's going to own the progs the best. Okay, and that's really. And if Trump becomes president and has does not have both chambers of Congress, that's really all that's going to be for four years. Do you want that for four years? Godspeed. I don't. So count me out. I don't want four years of just a bunch of people trading barbs on social media because that's not a healthy way to run a republic. And, oh, by the way, um, there are some serious issues plaguing this country, namely $35 trillion of debt in debt and a southern U.S. border that's basically made of Swiss cheese. So that... I guess that in, in t- that's essentially why I don't want to see this matchup. And again, I, I like to put my prediction on the record week in and week out. I firmly believe that when we get to cast votes in November, it will not be Trump and Biden on the ballot. It might be one or the other, but it won't be Trump v. Biden. Either Trump will be convicted uh, due to his legal troubles. I think that's kind of a stretch. I don't know. I think the plan is more to hamper him so that all of the funds that are raised go to paying his legal bills. And therefore there's no money left for the down ticket races. I mean, Lara Trump 
uh, Donald Trump's daughter-in-law, who is running to be, I think, the vice chair or co-chair, or I think vice chair of the RNC, she has basically come out and said every single red cent that is raised by the RNC is going to get Donald Trump elected. So screw the down-ballot races, huh? Forget taking, uh, keeping a majority in the House. Forget taking back the Senate. I mean, do these, again, this gets back to the seemingly the lack of education. Do you not know how a representative republic works? Just having the president, your party have the presidency, but nothing else is not very impactful in getting things done. I just, I, I hate to break it to you. So, um, yay, we only have about eight and a half more months of this. Uh, boy, I, I, I remember during 2016 how much I hated that election cycle. And these days, I kind of sit back and say, I now wish for the gentler times of 2016. That's where I'm at right now. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, the closer, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. If you can snap your fingers, you can find this radio station. Your smartphone is now your smart radio. There are no limitations on where you can find us. We're always on. It's liberty and truth through your smart speaker. Just say, play Freedom Radio, Minneapolis. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her Relief Factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain, lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with a feel-better or your money-back guarantee. That number, 1-800-4-RELIEF, relieffactor.com. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. You've heard of Heritage Christian Academy, but why do parents rave about this school? Using words like amazing, excellent, lifelong learner, experienced, blessed. Discover for yourself on Tuesday, March 12th at 7 for a future family open house. Tour the K-12 campus from classrooms to the sports fields. Visit with staff and leadership to answer questions and experience your student's day. Come find out why Heritage Christian Academy. For more information, search Heritage Christian Academy Maple Grove. 
The right to the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more. That's BearingArms.com. Hey, welcome back. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, we uh, thank you so much for tuning in. You know, a lot of the issues that we're having today in the uh, in our country, you know, and again, this I feel like I say this every week as well, is if we just had an honest media whose objective was to bring facts to the American public, just give us the facts, bring facts to the public, and let us disseminate them. Instead, everybody has a bias. Everybody has an agenda. I mean, it just, and the the problem is you have a lot of people within the media that don't take a l- long, hard look in the mirror. They sit there and they, and they, and they just clutch their pearls and look into the camera and say, you know, I got in this business to, uh, you know, I got in this business to uh, basically change the world. You know, that, that, that's what they think their job is, is to change the world. And, you know, you could, there could have that impact. I mean, obviously, Woodward and Bernstein and everything they did surrounding Watergate, yeah, that was, a, that was an impactful thing. And basically shining a light on corruption. But the problem is, it seems like the media tries to create it where there isn't, and then they can swoop in and try to be the heroes when they're talking about this faux corruption these faux scandals that they desperately want. You know, and I, and I alluded to it last segment, that basically two years of Trump was a Russian asset and was Putin's puppet and was used by him to uh, get elected. And Beckett Adams at the uh, at National Review wrote about this um, this past week about how the media is a slow-motion train wreck of a week. Just when you thought it couldn't get any weirder, Uh, It has been an especially embarrassing week for our vaunted fourth estate. If you thought this industry was on the upswing, course correcting for the crisis of credibility that dogs the entire business, you would be sorely mistaken. The week began poorly when, on Sunday, PBS celebrated Black History Month with an interview that included, among other things, praise for the infamous former Black Panther Asada Shakur. Absent from the fond acclaim was any mention of the fact that Shakur murdered a police officer in 1973. We call this burying the lead. Shakur escaped from prison in 1979 and later claimed political asylum in Cuba, where she lives to this day. Later on Monday, the New York Times announced that one of its freelance photojournalists, Gaza-based Yusuf Musud, had won a George Polk Award for his efforts to document the war between Israel and Hamas. Masood has also been accused of collaborating with the Hamas terrorists who carried out the October 7 massacres, rapes, and kidnappings. 
Elsewhere, CNN White House correspondent M.J. Lee suggested Monday that the Republican Party is responsible for the death, probably murder, of Russian dissident Alexei Navalny in a penal colony. Mr. President, she shouted at President Biden, would you go so far as to say Alexei Navalny's blood is on the hands of House Republicans right now? Even Biden appeared taken aback by the question. On Tuesday, the Washington Post, reminiscent of its 2012 coverage, published a 3,500-word news article complaining that Nikki Haley's high school was too white when she attended uh, in the mid-1980s. The article also complained that the school didn't focus enough on lessons about past racism. Haley, whose parents emigrated from India to Canada in 1964 and then to the United States, was raised Sikh. The headline on that story was, Haley's nearly all-white high school lacked lessons of racism, some say. That's some, some, that some say. Yeah, who, by the way, that's that's what I would always like to know. Who Who is it that, who is it that's, who's the some in this? Well, some say this happens. Some say that, okay, who's, who's some? Who's they? You never notice that they give any specific names? No, I get it. Some want to be anonymous. I understand that. But at least have the decency to say, you know, sources who wish not to <clears throat> be identified or whatever. As of this writing, there is no similar Washington Post article fussing over the whiteness of the president's high school, which admitted exactly one black student for the entire time that Biden was a pupil. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting point. Joe Biden went to high school in the late 50s, early 1960s at the height of racial tensions, segregated schools and whatnot in this country. You're trying to tell me there were there were no racial incidents of any kind. Heck, Joe Biden's had some very questionable comments, racist comments himself. Do you think any Republican would have been allowed to get away with, oh, I don't know, saying that you can't go into a Dunkin Donut or 7-Eleven without hearing an Indian accent? Remember, he said that that was just in 2006, just before he was running for vice president. Would any with that? Do you think that any Republican that had said that would continue to be skating? Without that continuing to dog them? Yet Biden is allowed to, to fabricate it as well. And this, this, I think this one had to be my favorite again, continuing with Beckett Adams' piece. That same day, Politico published a report that suggested Christian extremists are plotting to remake the federal government to incorporate, among other things, the idea that human rights are derived from God, which they kind of are. I mean, it's right there in those founding documents if you just take the opportunity to read them. Uh, For reference, the Declaration of Independence states in its preamble, we have told these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. On Tuesday evening, MSNBC aired an interview wherein host Stephanie Rule complained bitterly that people, including wealthy ones, are allowed to speak freely on social media with no consequences. Really? Really? Um, I've seen a lot of uh, efforts before Elon Musk took over Twitter of people plowing through old tweets of, like, professional athletes of when they were teenagers saying some pretty shocking things but again these are idiot teenagers who say things without thinking 
and basically saying, well, they need to be held accountable as, as adults for what they thought as a 15, 16-year-old kid. You know, that sort of thing. So uh, not only are they not allowed to speak freely, uh, they apparently their past selves are to, their current selves are, be, are to be held account for what their past selves are saying. So, yeah, it, um, I mean, it just goes on and on and on again. Read Beckett Adams' piece at uh, nationalreview.com. Um, again, this, this, has become, this has become a crisis, and, and I don't think that's hyperbole. You want to talk about a grand threat to our democracy? How about a media that has an agenda that will only report one side of the story and allows the other side to, to go scot-free? I mean, that's ha- we're seeing examples of that happening way too often, and it's been happening for decades. I mean, heck, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. We can point it out literally every weekend on this broadcast between myself and, and Jack and, and Mitch of, of just, of, of, well, I'll call it what it is, a dereliction of duty by the media, absolute dereliction of duty. And unless we, the people, demand more, demand better, it's just going to continue like this. And yet, calls against them, calling them out, it's like you know, they, they talk about how their lives are being threatened, their homes are being threatened. And again, I obviously don't advocate for people having their lives being threatened because they receive criticism, okay? I, I'm not down with that at all, of course. But is that too much to ask to say, hey, just report the facts, they say, well, our job is to report truth. No, your job is to report facts, abject facts, indisputable facts, and let, let the people decide. But the problem is when too many of these network personalities have an agenda, there's always a reporting with their tinge of their bias in it. And as a result, it may be red meat for leftists because they love hearing you know, the right being owned, but they're not being served well. Because they, they skate along with the belief that their their side is above all that. So, yeah, a, a, a bad week for the media, but um, how is that dramatically different from any other week, I guess I would ask. So 651-289-4488, that is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag N-A-R-N show. That's hashtag NARN show. And don't forget the live stream of our broadcast is up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Brad Carlson, The Closer, back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Packages start at $29.99 a month with signed agreement. Restrictions apply. Speak to a representative for complete offer details. See Vivint.com for license details. Terms and conditions apply. Homeowners, if you're looking for the best in home security and smart home technology at a price you can actually afford, we have great news. Now you can get Vivint's award-winning home security systems starting at about a dollar a day. U.S. News and World Report has recognized Vivint as the best professionally installed home security system of 2022. And right now, you can get Vivint's home security technology for about a dollar a day. Plus, get free professional installation from a licensed technician. Protect your home and loved ones for as low as a dollar a day. Call right now for your free home security consultation. 800-901-5563. 800-901-5563. 800-901-5563. That's 800-901-5563.
More than 200 members of Congress are standing up for AM Radio listeners. I'm Brandon Tatum. The AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act will keep AM Radio in cars because when cell and internet services are down, this free service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to pass this critical legislation now or visit DependOnAM.com for more information. Message and data rates may apply, and you may text STOP to STOP. There are progressive forces and organizations dividing us as a people and as a country. They stoke hatred and division to hide the real problems and keep us angry. We've seen this pattern repeat itself over and over again. We have to take a new course. And now's the time to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Over half of black students in Minneapolis public schools are failing. But black students in the same neighborhoods who attend private faith-based schools perform above national averages. Every parent should have the choice and the right to send their child to a safe and excellent school. And today, nearly 80% of black children in the Twin Cities live day-to-day without their father. That's four out of every five. Take Charge Minnesota believes that America works for everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Get more information by going to TakeChargeMN.com. The Your Daily Prayer podcast provides timeless truths from God's Word to guide you through every day. Prayers for your hardest days and happiest ones. Prayers for when you wake up and when you lay down. We want to help you experience a richer prayer life today. Download your daily prayer podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or go to yourdailyprayer.com. That's yourdailyprayer.com. Welcome back, AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. And available to take your phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. And don't forget the live stream of our broadcast is up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Want to get to our, our first guest of the broadcast today, uh, Dr. Benjamin Ginsberg. He is a David Bernstein professor and Chair of Center for Advanced Governmental Studies at Johns Hopkins University. I wanted to have Dr. Ginsburg on to uh, promote his brand new book, which is available wherever you can find your favorite books. It's entitled The New American Antisemitism, The Left, the Right, and the Jews. Uh, sadly, unfortunately, this has uh, become a uh, pervasive issue once again, particularly in the aftermath of the horrific uh, terror attacks in Israel back on October 7th. I want to talk to Dr. Ginsburg about this book and um, essentially the uh, history of anti-Semitism and the distinction between what we've uh, seen occur in this country for many decades to what's occurring right now. Uh, Dr. Ginsburg, an honor to have you on the broadcast today, sir. How are you? Well, good. I'm delighted to be on with you. I think this is an important topic. And I'm glad you're uh, giving us so much attention. Well, we appreciate you sharing this, uh, Dr. Ginsburg. Obviously, it's uh, a difficult subject to talk about, uh, as we know, as you well know as well, sir. And obviously, talking about the book, in right in the title, it talks about the new American anti-Semitism. So I guess for purposes of full disclosure, can you maybe draw a distinction between the anti-Semitism that sadly we've seen in uh, 
per, uh, permeating the world for decades and to what you now refer to as the new American anti-Semitism, uh, Dr. Ginsburg? Well, anti-Semitism uh, traditionally was associated with the uh, political right. Of course, yep. you know, its most extreme uh, expression was Nazism. Yep. But in the past uh, several decades, anti-Semitism seems more likely uh, to be found on the left. You know, in America, politically conservative folks are generally not anti-Semitic and generally understand why Israel responded to the October 7th attacks in the way it did. Um, where we saw, you know, this outbreak of what they called anti-Zionism, which is sort of anti-Semitism in disguise, was on the political left, where you had uh, demonstrators in every major American city, uh, on the campuses of many of the most elite universities, um, demanding that, uh, you know, Israel uh, stop shooting. Uh, and... Uh, generally uh, blaming the U.S. and Israel for everything that's wrong in the Middle East. The one thing I want to point out, I know you know, you understand this, is that when these demonstrators are shouting about imperialism and colonialism and settler colonialism, they don't just mean Israel. Mm -hmm. They mean the U.S. too. Uh, they see the world in the way that the Iranians like to talk about it, there's the little Satan, which is Israel, and the great Satan, which is the U.S. So when they're demonstrating out there, waving Palestinian flags and demanding ceasefires, many of them are demonstrating against the United States as well as Israel. Well, I guess, uh, how, how did some of this uh, affiliation come about, the, the left being so pro-Palestine. And I frame it this way, Dr. Ginsburg, because you, you see a lot of uh, the signs that, you know, even around prominent campuses, as you alluded to, about, uh, uh, you know, specific groups like uh, they talk about uh, queers for Palestine, LGBTQ for Palestine. And it's like any basic rudimentary knowledge of their ideology would show that they, they are not for you. And if anything, Israel, being our lone Western outpost in the Middle East, would probably be a lot more friendly to, say, your social background. I mean, is this just a basic lack of education, just knee-jerk anti-Semitism? I mean, to what do you attribute this to? It's just bizarre to watch. Yeah, isn't, it, isn't, it, isn't it crazy? I mean, Israel is about the only country in the Middle East where LGBTQ people are safe. In any yes. of those other countries, they're likely to be uh, beheaded. But... Um, it's partly a lack of, of knowledge. You know, in our school system, we don't teach facts anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, we teach critical thinking. I'm sure you're aware of this. And in our elementary schools and middle schools and high schools, they focus on critical thinking and kind of leave out the facts. Right. I guess if you teach facts, that interferes with critical thinking. Because if you don't know anything, you can think anything. Right? right? So that that's part of it. But the other part of it... Um, is the doctrine of intersectionality, uh, which is a fancy word. We used to call it log rolling. You know, log roll is I'll support my cause if you'll support mine. I'll support your cause if you'll support mine. They call it intersectionality. And the, the theory is that all oppressed peoples, uh, regardless of what form of oppression they think they suffer, should work together. And since many of them 
think the United States is the source of all their oppression, uh, you know, they, they easily band together uh, in anti-imperialist, anti-colonialist coalitions. And that's where you get these weird allies. Students for Justice in Palestine uh, closely allied with queers for Palestine. Mm. It doesn't make any sense except politically. And as you well know, political things don't, you know, usually don't make sense. So uh, this is how how these various groups um, are uh, aligned in the same coalitions. But the story goes back a few decades. Um, you know, in in Arab countries, they referred to the Nakba, which was the great tragedy, uh, which in their view <clears throat> was the formation of the state of Israel. But uh, the real tragedy from anti-Israel and, and an anti-American perspective was Israel's victory in the 1967 uh, Arab-Israeli War. Mm. In 1967, Israel very surprisingly defeated Egypt and Syria and Jordan and all its Arab neighbors, uh, and that had a profound impact. You know, before that, Israel had been a kind of tiny little socialist state that nobody paid any attention to. But in that war, and in fact, a lot of socialist politicians really liked Israel. Uh, they all liked to go to Israel and visit a kibbutz and have their picture taken sitting on a tractor. I think there's a picture of Bernie Sanders sitting on a tractor in Israel. Oh. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was a tiny socialist state. Socialists liked it. But after the uh, 67 war, Israel emerged as a regional power and worse yet from a progressive standpoint. Israel and the United States became closely aligned because the U.S. saw that an alliance with Israel um, would uh, enhance our own security interests. So from that point forward, the U.S. armed Israel and, and uh, made Israel part of its general uh, security uh, system of alliances. And to the left, that was the great betrayal. Uh, this little socialist state now became you know, an American proxy force. And from that point forward, uh, anti-Zionism uh, became commonplace on the left. Now, progressive folks say there's a big difference between anti-Zionism and anti-Semitism, but the truth is that they're inevitably one and the same. Philosophically, they may be different. In a college seminar, you know, you can parse out the difference. But in the real world, they're the same thing. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One is, why in the world are, you know, Americans or Europeans, why in the world are they anti-Zionists? I mean, there are a lot of countries that are worse than Israel. I personally am anti-North Korean. If I had to choose the most evil country in the world, they would be first on my list, closely followed by Iran. What do you think? Is that a good ranking? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I, would, I would be... I would like to be anti-North Korea, but nobody, nobody seems to want to join me. So that's the first thing. Why do they focus on Israel? And second, if you're involved in a political struggle, if you're politically opposed to Israel, most of your most vehement opponents are going to be Jews. Not all, because, of course, Christian Zionists are strongly pro-Israel as well. <clears throat> but the first line that you're going to face are Jews who support Israel. 
And inevitably, when you engage in political conflict with people, uh, you know, you tend to develop some dislike for them. And that merged into the earlier, uh, you know, anti-Zionist question produces anti-Semitism. So this is why these demonstrators uh, don't really distinguish between Zionists and Jews. It's all the same thing to them. And this is how anti-Semitism, which at one time was a right-wing ideology, has now become a left-wing ideology. And in my book, I say, you know, Jews have been Democrats since the New Deal. Before the New Deal, Jews were Republicans. But Mm. since the New Deal, Jews have been Democrats. And maybe it's time to take a look around and see that in Congress, all the people who support pro-Israel resolutions are Republicans, and all the people who oppose them are Democrats. So that says to me maybe Jews should rethink uh, this, uh, you know, 90-year alliance. Once again, we've been joined by uh, Dr. Benjamin Ginsburg. He, the author of a new book, just released, The New American Antisemitism, The Left, the Right, and the Jews. Uh, Dr. Ginsburg, we need to take a quick break. Any chance you can hold during the break and join us for one final segment? Sure. Okay, fantastic. We'll be back with uh, Dr. Benjamin Ginsburg. Uh, uh, very insightful and, uh, to be honest, sobering discussion on the new American antisemitism. Again, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NARN show. Brad Carlson, the closer, back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Whether you're preparing for a typical Sunday morning or a special holiday service, you'll find an array of helpful, creative tools from Worship House Media. From countdown timers to sermon illustrations, visit worshiphousemedia.com. That's worshiphousemedia.com, a division of Salem Media Group. Are you looking for a quick, honest assessment with no pressure sales for your roofing, siding, or gutter project? Hey, it's Matthew with the Kingdom Builders Roofing, your local Minnesota-grown contractor. We hear it all the time. Our customers appreciate our quality of work and how we genuinely care about them and their project. Our crews are great to work with, easy to schedule, and we show up on time. If you're looking for a no-obligation consultation, visit thekingdombuilders.com to learn more. That's thekingdombuilders.com. Be honest about who is taking advantage of us and keeping us divided. To be black in America today is to be labeled and used. But it's not because America is a systemically racist country. It is not. It is not. It's not. It's because the loudest voices who say they have all the answers are actually the problem. There are progressive forces and organizations dividing us as a people and as a country. They stoke hatred and division to hide the real problems and keep us angry. We've seen this pattern repeat itself over and over again. We have to take a new course. And now is the time to return to our cultural roots of faith, family, and education. Take Charge Minnesota believes that America works for everyone, regardless of race or social standing. Please help counter the cultural narrative by watching the film I Am a Victor this month. Go to AM1280 The Patriot and click on the I Am a Victor banner on the homepage. And you can get more information by going to TakeChargeMN.com. What is your healing power? Maybe your healing power is helping veterans with PTSD, traumatic brain injuries, depression, anxiety, or loneliness. Is your healing power a simple, heartfelt letter or being a volunteer? 
it is estimated that over a half a million current warfighters will return from service diagnosed with PTSD, and 22 veterans will commit suicide every day. Our veterans have paid the ultimate sacrifice for our country. At HealVets.org, you can find out more about the healing power of pen pals, volunteers, therapy kits, and more. Discover your healing power at HealVets.org. Help Heal Veterans, together with you, has been helping one recovering veteran at a time. We are helping veterans heal together. What is your healing power? To find out about your power, visit HealVets.org. This PSA is sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. iBelieve.com helps women wrestle with the deeper issues of their faith. Drop by for blogs and daily devotionals for women, plus articles on relationships, health and beauty, parenting, and more at iBelieve.com, a division of Salem Media Group. iBelieve.com. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And as always, we thank you for tuning in. Hey, don't forget the uh, live stream of our broadcast is up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Uh, again, we are joined by uh, Dr. Benjamin Ginsburg. He, the author of the book entitled The New American Anti-Semitism, The Left, the Right, and the Jews. I want to, uh, we only have a few minutes left with Dr. Ginsburg, but we do want to get to a call real quick. Uh, Bob from St. Cloud has a question for our guest. Go ahead, Bob. You're on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Uh, Thank you for sharing your knowledge with us, Dr. Ginsburg. Uh, I believe that there are spiritual and moral forces behind political movements, behind, you know, the events that happen in this world. My question is, don't these people realize that they are on the side of evil, like Hitler and the Nazis were anti-Semites, and now these people are anti-Semites, so they are on the side of evil. What do you think? Well, uh, you know, I I uh, agree with you. I take the Bible seriously, as I see you do. And uh, in particular, I read Genesis twelve three, which, as I, I'm sure you know, God says to Abraham, I give you this land. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. And um, that's pretty clear. There's no doubt about that. And in fact, historically, there's a lot of uh, evidence for it. Those countries that have embraced the Jews have done well, uh, whereas those countries that have persecuted the Jews, exiled the Jews, have uh, lost uh, quite a bit as a result. And you remember the Nazis um, had, in addition to their other craziness, they chased out all their leading Jewish scientists. So as a result, uh, thank goodness, it was the United States that developed the atom bomb, not Nazi Germany. So uh, who am I to to say that uh, there are not um, spiritual forces at work here? Thanks for the call, Bob. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. We appreciate the time. Uh, Dr. Ginsburg, uh, obviously you working in academia – how what, did it come as a shock, or sadly may not have been a shock at all? I know it was a shock to the general public when you saw presidents of elite institutions like Harvard and Princeton and MIT testifying before Congress and just 
refusing to say that, well, yeah, uh, calling for the genocide of Jews violates our school's code of conduct. I mean, we see egregious examples of someone maybe calling a trans man a woman and how that could get a student suspended, but calling for the genocide of Jews, well, it's a little more nuanced. I mean, you working in academia, uh, Dr. Ginsburg, how shocking was that to you, if it was at all? Oh, no, it wasn't at all shocking. Really? Um, the testimony, I'll call them the three stooges. The testimony uh. of the three stooges wasn't at all shocking. Um, I'll tell you why. For one thing, uh, universities today are filled with sort of mindless bureaucrats. Um, I always ask myself, where did these people come from? The University of Minnesota is a prime example. Administrative bloat at the University of Minnesota mm-hmm. uh exceeds that of most other state universities. Uh, it's filled with deans, deanlets, deanlings, dinglings, ding-dongs. I'm not sure what they do, but they're, you know, generally sort of mindless functionaries, and I think we saw that at, during the testimony. The other thing is that um, university presidents are um, sort of reflexively unwilling to criticize anything on the left, and that's not because they're leftists. I would say most of them have no political views at all, uh, but they're mindless functionaries, and they know that on their campuses, the left is very well organized. Uh, there is no campus right, and the great majority of moderate students are just there to get an education and don't aren't involved in politics. So they, um, university administrators, reflexively, uh, will be very reluctant to criticize anything that's said on the left. This is why, you know, speakers on the right are often banned. Mm -hmm. Speakers on the left are protected, it seems, by the Constitution. I guess the the framers of the Constitution uh, only had a one-way sign. Can that be true? Uh, No. But but these um, university bureaucrats will never criticize anything on the left. And that's why all three of them had to say, well, we have to consult our campus speech code. Uh, No, they they, uh, are terrified of offending the left, uh, whether it's Students for Justice in Palestine or any of the associated groups. So I I guess, uh, yeah, and it took, uh, and of course, what appeals to a lot of these universities, of course, money, I think it was... uh, I think it was Princeton had one of their biggest benefactors decide to start pulling back uh, its funds, its its donation of, of money to the university. And what was really, I thought, really disgusting is it seems like the, the venom was reserved more for the ben- wealthy benefactor who decided to withdraw their support as opposed to the people who would not unequivocally condemn genocide. It's just very backwards, Dr. Ginsburg. Yeah, yeah very backwards. Well, I, I recommend that... Uh, University trustees, state legislatures, university donors, and alumni look very carefully. Carefully, old alma mater is not what it used to be, mm-hmm. and some of the donors who are successful business people and would never dream of investing without due diligence. Right? They look very carefully before right. investing money. Should take a look at what their money is going to go for at the university. Um, they should look before writing their checks, and they might be a little surprised. 
Absolutely. Once again, we've been honored to have been joined by uh, Dr. Benjamin Ginsburg discussing his book, The New American Anti-Semitism, The Left, the Right, and the Jews. Uh, Dr. Ginsburg, we have maybe a minute or so to go. Uh, I'm assuming you can purchase this book uh, wherever you purchase uh, your favorite books. Is that correct? Uh, absolutely. Amazon.com, the source of all wisdom in the universe. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if, as long, whatever we can do to, to support this endeavor, we want to. So Amazon.com it is, and of course, wherever uh, you buy your uh, preferred books. Uh, Dr. Ginsburg, thank you again. Again, very sobering and insightful yeah, well, thank topic. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, we appreciate the time, sir. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. So we do have a, a minute remaining, and again, uh, we thank uh, Dr. Ginsburg. Uh, again, that's spelled a G-I-N-S-B-E-R-G, Dr. Benjamin Ginsburg. Definitely uh, look him up on his website at uh, Johns, Hopkins, Johns Hopkins to find out more about him personally. And uh, he's, a, he's actually a prolific author. I had a chance to look at some of his other books uh, before uh, we had him on uh, the broadcast today, and he's written several books about this subject, and you can tell it's a passion of his, uh, and given his background, quite you know, it's a, that stands to reason, and very insightful. So, yeah, this book literally released within the past week. So, again, Amazon.com, I imagine Barnes & Noble, anywhere you find your favorite books, you'll definitely want to check that out. So I uh, want to get on the record. Uh, spring training started uh, the past week and a half, the, the Twins finally in action, uh, getting uh, some spring training games in. This is kind of an awkward transition, I realize, but I just want to get this on the record as we're within uh, spring training. I like the makeup of this team, and uh, I think that they're going to repeat as uh, division champions. And when um, I'm going to go with uh, upper 80s wins again, maybe 90 wins total. We'll definitely talk some more baseball in future shows, but uh, definitely want to get that in because – Spring training just started, still fresh, so the first sure sign of spring, that's for sure. So, folks, thanks for welcoming me back. I appreciate it. Godspeed, my friends. Have a blessed week. We all know that aches and pains come with simply getting older, but it doesn't mean you have to accept it. That's why I want to tell you about a special lady, Leah from Ohio, and her relief factor story. One Sunday, Leah was sitting on the couch in so much pain, she was literally in tears. That's when she decided to try Relief Factor. Just eight days later, she found relief, and she continued to get better and better. To quote her, she said, I am truly amazed at this product. Like me, who after nine, almost ten years, almost a decade of low back pain, lost that pain thanks to Relief Factor. If you're living with aches and pains, see how Relief Factor, a daily drug-free supplement, could help you feel and live better every day. Get the three-week quick starter pack at relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. It all comes with a feel-better or your money-back guarantee. That number, 1-800-4-RELIEF. ReliefFactor.com. This is Dennis Prager from Athanasium, the Math Learning Center. As you know, I prefer clarity to agreement. Being able to understand math is often key to achieving clarity. But with six out of ten high schoolers not being proficient at math, students could be at a great disadvantage. Mathnasium helps students reach their potential to understand and even enjoy math, whether they're starting out far behind or already doing well. Using a customized one-on-one approach, Mathnasium educates and inspires students helping them develop
develop number sense, math fluency, and confidence that equips them for success in school and for the rest of their lives. Mathnasium also provides homework help so students can better understand and finish it successfully on their own, freeing you up to focus on other aspects of parenting. Give your child a life-changing math learning experience. Contact one of the Mathnasium centers listed on the Patriots advertiser page at am1280thepatriot.com and receive $50 off your enrollment. Mathnasium changing lives through math. Are you ready to embark upon an unforgettable expedition this summer? I hope you'll join me, Mike Gallagher, along with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and our special guests on the Patriots Alaska Cruise. We'll unpack the trends and influences shaping our world today while sailing the pristine coast of Alaska over 4th of July. Learn more at PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. This experience is way more than a vacation. It's a chance to participate in spirited discussions and thought-provoking lectures on board the ship with like-minded patriots. Seven action-packed days. We'll chart a course toward a bright American future all while surrounded by Alaska's rustic and natural wonders on a beautiful luxury cruise ship. You'll experience powerful creation immersed in the splendor of glaciers and fjords. Mark your calendar, June 29th, July the 6th. Secure your cabin by calling 855-565-5519 or book online at PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. AM 1280, the Patriots. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.